Weird. And welcome to Weird. This is the podcast that gives you all the news that you can use to blow a fuse. And it's all true. My name's Aaron. And my name is Craig. We will be your host through this strange... Is that scary when I say it that way? Kind of. Strange news spectacular. Attaboy, if, Luther. If, Attaboy, Luther! If this is your first time listening to Weird, welcome. Each episode of Weird is a podcast in two parts. The first half is the weekly Weird, where we bring you the recent Weird News stories. Yeah, and, and the second half of the show? Yeah. Uh, that's when we have our big story. The big, big That's where story. we talk about stories that are so strange they need more time than the stories we talk about during the weekly Weird. The big story is where you'll hear about alien abductions, Bigfoot sightings, real-life monsters, and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And tonight we're going to discuss a super strange case of crazy love. Crazy love. Crazy love. Wasn't that a, uh, who sang that crazy love? It was a song. Crazy love. That's not what I'm talking oh. about. Anyway, plus check this out. This episode, we welcome the return of the top 10 list. You know, Craig, listeners have spoken. There's some things they like about the new format, but there's some things they miss. Top 10 lists they missed. Mm-hmm. So, we're bringing it back. We may bring back some other stuff. We well, may we may ditch some stuff. Who knows? Some, get some real host. No. You know, we've been we've been uh we've we've missed a couple of weeks here lately. Yes. And uh yes. we just I need to apologize on Aaron's behalf because it's really his fault. It is. Uh I take full credit. But uh we're back on track for this week. I've started a new job in the 19th hours. job in the past 3 years. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll I'll take a job at Arby's. Don't offer hey, me a job. you say at Arby's? And uh, don't offer it cuz I'll take it. <laughs> hey, you want to work at Arby's? They got the meats, man. They do have the meats. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of the meat, you know, did, I, did I tell you that I had one of those uh, Popeye's chicken sandwiches? No, night? yes, you did. You did tell me, did but you didn't tell our listener. Oh, I didn't tell our listener that. Yeah, I don't understand what the hype is all about. Yeah, I've heard that from a number of people. Uh, if you like a flavorless sandwich, go get one. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is Chick-fil-A the real is, deal. Chick-fil-A has nothing to worry about. Now, no. if it was Sunday and you wanted a chicken sandwich, I will say the chicken meat. I'd go to Wendy's. That's true. Well, the chicken meat on the Popeye's chicken sandwich is very good. Okay. But, uh, and I'm talking... You know, thick, good size, you know, piece of Was it chicken. crispy? It was crispy, but they're just, if it wasn't for the bread, which has a little sweetness to it, which is really good. Yeah. And what little bit of whatever that sauce was they put on it. Yeah. The, the chicken itself had no flavor. Huh. Maybe I got a bad one. Maybe you did. But I waited like 15 minutes. Like I, I walked in, ordered, no line, but I didn't know it was going to be 15 minutes because they couldn't keep up. And you know what they say? What? Uh, Popeye's is australian for beer that's not what they say isn't that what they say no hey you know what we're at the uh we're at the annex tonight and i want to apologize if it's a little noisy in the background yeah there's some construction going on what are they doing they are they are actually uh the new arcade yeah 80s authentic arcade is going over there (laughs) i saw miss pac-man yeah and then the uh the swimming pool and next to that is the hot tub by the way i never liked mrs pac-man it's miss i never liked it never liked it miss never liked it I like it. I don't. I st- even to this day, I don't like it. That's an original Pac-Man. Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah. That was the only one I could think of. That's the original Pac-Man. But I pulled that out of my brain from 30 years ago. That was just really... It was like, hey, I saw where uh, Sam's has one of the cocktail table... Um, oh, really? This Pac-Man that comes with two of these goofy little cushion uh, seats, like little stools you can sit on that have the Pac-Man logos and stuff on them. Oh, that's pretty like awesome. 500 bucks. But you only got like four or five games. I mean... Come on, y'all. Well, you only need four or five. You need uh, you need Pac-Man. For, yeah, well, for sure. these are all just Pac-Man games. You need Pac-Man. You need Space Invaders. You need Galaga. Mm-hmm. And you need, uh, eh, probably Qbert. You know my favorite Galaga game is Galaga 89, I think is what it's called. There were several variations of it. One of them was on... Uh, yeah, and I always got mad when I hopped onto one I wasn't comfortable with. One of them is uh, it was on the TurboGrafx system. And, uh, oh, it was so good. You know, oh, oh, it's so good. Boy. And uh, so I, you really need Donkey Kong. One of my personal favorites. Donkey Fe- Kong would be good. Phoenix is one of my favorites. No, don't need Phoenix. Tato, Phoenix. No, you need Phoenix. You don't no, need you, Phoenix. No, you need it. No, you need it. Galaga. Galaga gotta have. I uh, gotta have that. <laughs> Space Invaders, the originator, not the imitator. How about Dig Dug? Nope. 
I can do without. Okay, here's the deal. You're not working with me on <laughs> I this. can do without Dick Duck. Anywho, it's time for... Oh, you weren't ready. You're not used to me moving along. I'm not. You're used to me wasting time. This one comes tonight. Our top story comes from the one and only, the author of our theme song, Mr. Mark Patchley. Yay. Our sound effects are really low. you fix that in post? Absolutely. I hope so. Wrong order leads to customer manager food fight at McDonald's. This one comes from Ohio. A customer said... Wait a second, this comes from John Coltrane Township. It comes from Coleraine Township, oh. not John Coltrane. Okay. A customer said an incorrect order and poor customer service led to a food fight at a McDonald's in Ohio last month. Let's break this down. Break it down. Incorrect order, standard. Poor customer service, standard. I don't really understand what the problem is here. The manager of the restaurant and the customer ended up in a showdown at the McDonald's restaurant in Coleraine Township. The Hamilton County's prosecutor's office has not filed any charges. I want to get I wanted to get some happy meals and some cheeseburgers. And that was very unhappy day for me. <laughs> that was a very unhappy day for me. Uh, Brittany Price said, Price's injuries uh, remind Wait a minute, her. The manager got in a fight with a customer. Female. Yeah, something got thrown. Let me get to it. Because she, she's injured. Yeah. She, they threw like a register or something. No, it was a, it was a mixing machine or something. <laughs> they threw a, a milkshake machine. It was something her. like that. It was something. <laughs> Price's injuries remind her of the day of the confrontation. Anytime she looks in the mirrors. <laughs> that was the going back in time. It was September 22nd when she made a quick stop through the drive through of the restaurant. She ended up inside throwing food she said wasn't right directly at the manager. In turn, a blender came flying back at her, hitting her in the face, shattering her cheekbone and breaking her nose. I'm sorry. I've had surgery. I've had a lot of doctor's appointments and follow-ups. Hard mornings, hard afternoons. You know what she did? You take a blender to the face, you never come back from she, that. She brought she brought a cheeseburger to a blender fight. <laughs> yes, she did. Oh, where's the rim shot now? Um, the video shows Price come inside the restaurant with what she said was a messed up order. She waited and waited for it to be fixed while four children were sitting in her car. Parent of the Year Award. Price can be seen on video refilling their drinks to kill time. As she waited, other customers came and went. I wasn't the only one that got frustrated, you know. Watching the video, we see a lot of people that see me and her talking, trying to resolve the issue, and they're like, I'm not dealing with this, you know. They left. They didn't even place their order, she said. So people were coming in getting mad. Yeah. Uh, and just leaving. Was this our local McDonald's? Because yeah. it sounds like it. <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> I noticed they had a busted blender. <laughs> in the floor. <laughs> Out by the curb. And no, and it was in the floor and nobody bothered to pick it up. Uh, the time code of the video shows after waiting about 23 minutes, Price goes to the car to grab the rest of her order and ask uh, to ask for a refund. It's like you're directly ignoring me, so what choice do I have? I don't have to put up with this, so I went and got the food. I want my money back, and that's kind of where it all goes from there, she says. <laughs> the video shows 25 minutes after she first entered the store, Price throws multiple bags of food at the manager. She threw the first <laughs> burger. Yeah, but that does not warrant a blender, know, to, the a blender face. to the face. The manager apparently throws a blender at Price, and it ricochets <laughs> off her face, knocking her to the ground. We asked Price. <laughs> Didn't you have that little gun? <laughs> at one um, point. Darn it. Um, we asked Price if, in hindsight, she regretted throwing the food. I mean, I definitely don't feel like there would have been a different result. I feel like even if we would have just went verbal back and forth, it still would have escalated to something else, she said. Now, I hope I've that- seen this woman, and I she does not talk this way, but I just <laughs> find it more entertaining if she does. Price's attorneys, uh, you think that's Price's collision center? <laughs> Price's blender to the face center. <laughs> Uh, Price is right in the face. (laughs) Price's attorney said they are now pursuing a civil lawsuit against McDonald's. No criminal charges have been filed in the case, according to the prosecutor's office. Why? A spokesman for Colorado Township Police did not return our request for any new information about the case or the video. WLWT also tried 
to reach the manager involving the situation, but were unable to get in touch for her side of the story. The most recent statement from McDonald's said, the safety, <laughs> the safety of our customers and employees is of utmost importance sometimes. We are looking into this matter and will take the appropriate steps to bolt down the blender next time once our investigation is complete. I mean... Mayor, Mayor McCheese came in and said, stop throwing blenders. Don't make me get the clown down here. You know, kids, throwing blenders is not the way to go about resolving disputes. The manager said, but you should have seen her, Mayor, right before it hit her. She grimaced. Oh! <laughs> Headline is... Suspect surrenders only after police Photoshop sailor suit onto his mugshot. <laughs> you notice I included the picture. Yes, and I appreciate that. This comes to us from Kankakee, Illinois. Kankakee, Illinois. I said Illinois. That's an album. Yeah, what is? All it took for one fugitive in Illinois to turn himself in was a little photo manipulation. The local news in Chicago reported that Kankakee... County Sheriff's Department posts notice uh, notices about their fugitives on its Facebook page each Wednesday. I'll, I'm going to have to start following them. That'd be fun to look at. Yeah. This week, the department posted a picture of Brandon Allen Conti, a 25-year-old. Who oh, was is that the, something else we're bringing back now? We're going to bring back the Oh, that never left. Yeah, never left. The 25-year-old was wanted for failure to appear on a drunken driving charge. Conti commented on the post and asked, where's my costume?" Sheriff's office staff then edited the photo to add a sailor suit and a hat that read Ahoy. <laughs> they did a pretty darn good job, too. It looks great. One officer wrote, uh, we held up to our end of the bargain. So Conti replied with laughing emojis, nothing that he uh, noting nothing. that he would <laughs> noting that he would turn himself in before noon and asked that police have paperwork done and ready because he's got things. To, he's got drinking to do. <laughs> The department confirms Conti subsequently did turn himself in. That's awesome. Hey, yeah. hey, you ready for this one? I hey, don't know, Hey, man. hey, hey, you ready for this one? Yeah. Funeral mourners get stoned after being served hash cake at restaurant. He said, no, I wanted some pancakes, <laughs> yeah. not pancakes. This is in Berlin. <laughs> I said, you want some more? They said, nine. <laughs> they said, see. Oh, wait, no, that's, no, that's, that's, that's Mexico. Not, yeah, that's not, well, it's a number of, actually, it's a number of countries. Uh, Somebody stated uh, the more they ate, the hungrier they got. Yeah. Uh, so well, anyway, yeah, there's a lot of I'm sure there's a lot in there, but we're, we're failing at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Police say a funeral in eastern Germany ended on an involuntary drug high when mourners were accidentally served hash cake. How are you accidentally served? How, hash do, you, cake? how do you have a how do you have a wedding party? Uh, do the cucaracha out the restaurant. <laughs> where you, where do you remember go that to get one? a hash cake? But do you yes, remember that yes, one? Yes, I do. They were all sitting there eating. They all just did the maramba <laughs> did the or conga yeah, out, right out the door. The and, door. Just, and then somehow nobody stopped them. <laughs> they kept going. <laughs> it was like a $2,000 bill. Oh, my gosh. Ross, I didn't know they printed $2,000 bills. Yeah. Rostock. Is it Rostock? Rostock. Police said Tuesday after the burial in Withhagen. Uh, the funeral party went to a restaurant for coffee and cake as a custom as it's customary in Germany. But after eating the cake, 13 people experienced nausea and dizziness and needed medical uh, treatment. That must not have been a very strong hashish. Uh, a police investigation revealed that the restaurant employee in charge of the cakes had asked her 18 year old daughter to bake them. Yeah, they baked them. All right. <laughs> That's a first mistake. Uh, they were baked. <laughs> However, the mother accidentally took the wrong cake from the freezer to the funeral. She took the hash cake that the teenager had made for a different occasion. Sure. Not a funeral. But uh, the, some of the people said it was the best funeral they've ever attended. <laughs> well, the, the thing was, they ran out of food at the restaurant because they were so hungry. Police said the 18-year-old is under investigation. The incident happened in August, but wasn't published earlier out of respect for the mar mariners. Well, we're going to go from hash cake to marijuana Pepsi. Headline is marijuana Pepsi refused to change her name. <laughs> so she earns a PhD. So now it's Dr. Marijuana Pepsi. Yeah. Her name is marijuana Pepsi. Yeah. After completing dissertation on black sounding names. Yeah. And, and let me say, this is a black woman. So oh, of course, you know, marijuana Pepsi is. Dissert well, I'm saying dissertation on black sounding names. That's coming from a, a woman who, you know, has some authority on the on the situation. Marijuana Pepsi Vandy Chick. Vandy, Vandy Chick? Yeah, recently graduated from Washington, Wisconsin's... Van, Van Dyke, maybe? I don't know. Van recently don't know. graduated from Wisconsin's Cardinal Stritch University with a PhD in leadership for advancement of learning and service in higher education. 
higher education. Yeah, higher. Yeah, marijuana. Doctor marijuana is going to be serving in higher education. <laughs> Vandy Chick mission was uh, Van, Van. What Van Dyke mission was show the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, wrote this. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> to show the world that although she had a simple, had a unique name, she could still be a success in life. Van Dyke told Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. People make such a big deal out of it, I couldn't get away from it. Marijuana Pepsi is the scholar's maiden name, and Van Van Dyke was added when she got married in 2017. The 46-year-old grew up between Chicago, Illinois, and below Wisconsin. Just below Wisconsin. Just below Wisconsin. (laughs) Said in, in the past, she used to question why her mother gave her such a name, Marijuana Pepsi. Her sisters are named Kimberly and Robin. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no. It well, makes we know it, what her mom was doing yeah. at that point in her life. It makes it difficult sometimes. Van Dyke previously told today. Van Dyke currently lives on a farm with her family. I wonder what kind of farm it is. I don't know. And runs a performance coaching company. Additionally, she has started an annual scholarship award for black students enrolled at the University of Wisconsin Whitewater. Whitewater. However, her life hasn't always been smooth. Van Dyke says she was often teased growing up and dreaded when teachers would call her name during roll call. Alan Smith, here. Uh, Marijuana. Marijuana <laughs> Pepsi. Yes, please. <laughs> Every single class, the teacher is taking attendance out loud. She was best friends with heroin cola, though. <laughs> Coke. Heroin, heroin Coke. Coke. <laughs> heroin Coke. <laughs> and as they slowly got down through the J's, I'm just like, here it comes. Mariana. Uh, marijuana, Mary Jana, Mary Jane, and all of the students turn to see who it is. Van Dyke said, uh, Van Dyke used these real life occurrences in her thesis on black names in white classrooms, teachers, beha- teacher behaviors, and student pre- uh, perce- perceptions. We're going to try that again. Good grief. In her dissertation, she spoke with other black students who had unique names and allowed them, one of them was actually named Unique Name. Unique Name, yeah. yeah. And allowed them to open up about those moments when teachers wouldn't be able to correctly pronounce their names or pause during roll call. Now, Dr. Marijuana Pepsi is proud to be called by her name. I've grown into it because I am a strong woman, she told USA Today. I've had to be. If she goes on, would that be, if she was to watch what she was eating, would that be diet Dr. Pepper? No, diet, <laughs> diet marijuana. Dr. marijuana. Pe- <laughs> diet marijuana. No, marijuana diet Pepsi. Maybe. Hey, stick around because our big story is coming up next. We're going to be talking about the extremely strange case of Bert and Linda Pugak. Was it Pugak? I think it is. Uh, so don't touch the, uh, the old fast forward button there, eh? Because uh, we're going to be back in one minute. Beauty. Have band-themed boxes sent right to your door for just $49 a month. Each curated band box includes two brand-new vinyl records by the same popular, critically acclaimed artist, an illustrated track-by-track listening guide, and an exclusive magazine about the featured band or singer. Don't want the records we send you? Exchange them for any title in our catalog. Pause or cancel your subscription anytime. Go to bandboxrocks.com and enter the code WEIRD at checkout to get your first month for half off. How is your performance level? If it's not 100%, you may need help from Pelt Performance. At PeltPerformance.com, you get products that enhance your physical and mental performance. From state-of-the-art compression socks to backpacks and water bottles, Pelt Performance takes you to the next level of performing. Go to PeltPerformance.com and use the discount code PODCAST at checkout to save 20% off your first order. And check out their new podcast, High Performance Life, with Chris Sperlick. Weird. talking about we're talking about radio stations you used to before it was all digital you had these things that looked like eight tracks and yeah they did they were they, they were actually four tracks they, I think. they actually worked a lot like an eight track tape and they were in a loop yeah and, and so songs and everything were on them sometimes yeah you know, in our station that worked that they were there were songs on them so we, we, we played we, records at our station yeah so we had actual top 40 
uh, they, all, all the songs yeah. were on the tape are on those tapes. So you just they were labeled. You pull them, and they also had intro cues yeah. that told you how long you had to talk before you better shut up because the song was starting. That's after right. The intro. Anyway, and our commercials sound like they're on some old eight track player, and I don't know why it sounds that way, but Aaron needs to fix it. Our buddy Randy gave me an eight track tape player. I know he never gave me one. Well, I mean, of course I wouldn't kiss him. <laughs> oh, I don't, what does that what, mean? I, I don't know. You tell me what it means. Hey, listen, it's time for the big story. You know what that means? Each week. On, I don't know. Why don't you tell me what it means? Each week on Weird, we focus on a single weird story that deserves more attention than the usual stories that we bring you. This is where we bring you conspiracy theories, UFO stories, real life monsters like Bigfoot and Mothman, who we talked about a while back. Yeah. Just really weird stuff. Now, we're just saying, you know, we're, we're covering these stories. That doesn't, you know, because they're weird. It doesn't mean that we believe them. We don't, you know, we might. Well, tonight's is undisputed. Nobody, nobody says no. This is all documented. Well, if you have got a good story you want us to uh, to cover on the big story, just let us know. But right now, let's go to the big story. Big story. Crazy love. Tonight's big story. This is the strange life of Bert and Linda Pugak. 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 Now, Craig, they made a documentary of this uh, story. Bert uh, and Linda made their own documentary. No, about it? they were in it, and uh, of course, it was about them. Uh, it's called Crazy Love. It's the name of the documentary. It was an article written by Amy Toomer Turner. Oh, Amy Turner, Turner. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Tonight's story comes from an article written by Amy Turner. So let's get to it, shall we? Let's start. Bert only had eyes for Linda, but Linda played hard to get. So what do you do, Craig, when somebody plays hard to get? You probably would do something horrible to her. So Bert hired three men to throw... I mean, that's what we would... We wouldn't do that. No, no, I'm I wouldn't that's do that. what Bert would do. So Bert hired three men to throw acid in her face, blinding her. You know what happened next? She married him. She married him. <laughs> <laughs> Linda Riss... Shit, it can't be any worse. Linda Riss was only 20 when she met the man who later stole her eyesight. She was beautiful with flawless skin, huge brown eyes, like a painting, friends said. Bert Puga. Was, Decide what you're going to call him. Pugah. Pugach. I don't know how to Pugach. pronounce that. Pugach. 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 Pulach. Bert P. Bert. Bert. Bert P. <laughs> Bert was a successful lawyer, used to getting what he wanted, and he had to have Linda. Sounds like a, a Kiss song from the 70s. Uh-huh. Linda, hear you calling. <laughs> Theirs was to become an extraordinary love affair. Throw the acid in your face. <laughs> Twisted, passionate, and embittered. And within a year... It had turned into a dangerous obsession. So he was a stalker. I mean, yeah. to the to the everybody's definition. Yeah. Which ended splashed across the front page of the New York tabloids, much like acid splashed across a face. Why do they say that? Because they don't really splash ink on the newspaper. They, no, they used to preci- just Bef- throw it before the press. Yeah, they just threw ink, and then it was like ink blots. Yeah, and you kind of saw what oh, okay. kind of saw. And the odd thing is, there was more truth in those papers than, <laughs> than what we see today. Yeah. So, <clears throat> if Linda could have known that the catch of her life would ultimately cheat on her, stalk her, attack and blind her, then go to prison for it. Perhaps she'd have turned away when he introduced himself that autumn day in 1957. That's poetic, isn't it? That is very poetic. Or perhaps she wouldn't have, because when he was released from jail 14 years later, she married him, and they were still married until their deaths. Stranger still. After 23 years of marriage to Linda in 1997, Bert was arrested and tried for stalking a Filipino secretary, <laughs> he'd been having a. Why does it matter that she's Filipino? That that uh, he'd ha- been having a five-year affair with, and Linda gave the shining character evidence that acquitted him. Oh, I was like, which shining character was it? <laughs> a knight in uh, shining armor. Oh, I thought it was maybe the one of the kids in the elevator, one of those little girls. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, one of the uh, sisters. Bert is a wonderful, devoted husband. Yeah, that's why he had a five-year affair. <laughs> and blind him. With she, a Filipino, no she less. She testified. This time, the story made national headlines. Their relationship is still a mystery, or what made or what made her stick by him is the question. Yeah. Was it a triumph of forgiveness, obsessive devotion, or self-delusion, bad eyesight? <laughs> <laughs> Or was Linda looking to Bert, hey Bert, for financial protection? The American public has, has long been fascinated by this bizarre tale. I've been fascinated with it for about two minutes. <laughs> and there's a feature-linked documentary about the couple's unusual, unusual, unusual relationship called, uh, titled Crazy Love. 
So the story began when Bert spotted Linda walking in a park near the Bronx. He was in a good mood, too. It was a Jewish holiday. Rosh Hashanah. An East Bronx boy who grew up. What was that sound effect? Rosh Hashanah. Oh, okay. An East Bronx boy who grew up in the des- in the depression. In the desperation. Had become a successful accident lawyer with a fat wallet. So he was an ambulance chaser is what he was. But why does he have such a fat wallet? I mean, why does he not put. He had a lot of pictures. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Of, of girls he was stalking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you now. Go ahead. He had a Cadillac. He had a plane and a nightclub on Long Island. So he was financially... Get out of here. I'm not. What you talking about? He just returned from London where he'd been making a film called Death Over My Shoulder. <laughs> so he's an actor? I wonder if he was like directing it or what. He'd be a producer. He fed Linda he was, a line. He was bankrolling it. He fed Linda a line. Was she one of his actresses? Did she recognize him? No, she didn't. But he asked her out anyway, and she agreed. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You, the way you read that. What? He fed her a line. Yeah. Was what, she, was one, she of his, one of his actresses? She's like, Did hey, she baby. recognize him? Hey, baby. So she didn't recognize who he was because he has a fat wallet. Because most people would see the guy with the fat wallet because his pants are protruding out the back. Yeah, they, they, have to, uh, they have to. He had this custom-made he, he pants. Larger a, pockets. A, a pocket that Big was giant like pocket, three yeah. feet long. I got you. That's, I mean, it's, it's just the way it was back in those days. <laughs> he, only, he, get, he couldn't sit in some chairs. It had to have an he open He always back. sat at an angle. <laughs> Did she recognize him? No, she didn't. But he asked her out anyway, and she agreed. When she got home, a dozen red roses were waiting for her. Love from Bert. He wined and dined her at the Latin Quarter, the Copa. I wonder if that's the Copacabana. It could have been. All the best places. He introduced her to celebrities, and when they went to Bert's Wait, was club, her name Lola? The band always struck. <laughs> but, who just, but just who splashed acid in whose face, Craig? That's what I want to know. <sighs> All the best places he took her to. He introduced her to celebrities. And when they went to Burt's Club, the band always struck up Buddy Clark's song, Linda. Oh, he was one of those guys. Yeah. Walks in, immediately they jump up, fall, fall over themselves yes. and start playing. Yeah. Yes. You, you know how thick so his this wallet guy, was? So this guy, yes, He had true. a fat wallet, <laughs> he man. Did. He was one of these guys. He was narcissistic. He had... It was all about him. Yeah. It was all about him. When my lucky star begins to shine with one lucky break, I'll make Linda mine. That comes from the Buddy Clark song. Wow. Linda's family thought she had landed the catch of her life. Bert proposed, and she accepted. Even in the early days, Bert, then 30, was controlling. He would pressure her to sleep with him. Because he got, you know, he liked, he didn't have a, like a teddy bear or whatever. So no, he, he was sleepy, too. He's very sleepy. Yeah. Uh, she never did. Because they weren't married, so she wasn't going to do anything like that. Good for her. He was jealous of any male friends Linda had. Well, he a lot of husbands frequently accused her of cheating, once even taking her for a doctor's examination to oh, confirm that, you know, she hadn't... Her purity. St- yeah, her purity. It was very wearing, Linda recalls, but the glamour and attention were flattering to a Bronx girl. <laughs> That's the kind of attention I'd want. Who'd grown up fatherless, living with her grandmother while... Uh, her mother went out to work, who'd always been, uh, who'd always thought herself homely, even ugly, and never very confident. So she, she was, was very attractive. Boost, she was getting a boost of, of morale. Yeah, here. but she was uh, she was very attractive as a young person. Okay, I have no. I was thoughtful and included pictures in one of my stories. I see. No I pictures. should have. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to watch the documentary. Linda was planning it's on the Netflix. wedding. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Linda was planning the wedding when she heard a rumor. That Bert was already married and had a child. <laughs> She's planning the wedding. A <laughs> That's not something you want to find out. No. She confronted him. He admitted it and promised a speedy divorce. She cried and told him, Call me when the papers come through. 24 hours later, he showed up at her apartment brandishing them. But, Craig. Brandishing, I say. Linda wasn't fooled. She jotted down the. She said, I won't be fooled again. She, she did say that. She said, We won't. It's crazy. Well, yeah, yeah. She jotted down the index number and had it checked. The papers were forged. Uh, Bert's wife, Francine, refused to end the marriage. She cared full time for their daughter, Karen, who had been who had learning uh, severe learning difficulties. <laughs> you have severe reading difficulties. <laughs> no severe speaking difficulties. <laughs> Linda called off the affair and began dating other men. Uh, she said, "That's it. You got a wife and kid. I'm not marrying she, she you." She was in the right. Yeah. But Bert became obsessive. He called Linda and her friends incessantly. 
wrote incessantly, lo- yeah. incessantly, incessantly wrote love letters, sent gifts. Then his law firm, Whiten Burt, <laughs> was charged with illegal conduct. Whiten <laughs> was charged with illegal conduct for fee splitting. What's wrong with that? I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't either. Burt was anxious about losing his license. I was distraught. They were going to ruin my life and absolutely nothing. The what? Over absolutely nothing. <laughs> the pressure was overwhelming. His calls and letters to Linda increased and became more threatening. If I can't have you, no, I don't want nobody, nobody else will. Oh, sorry. If I can't have you, can't nobody have you. That's you know, what he said. My, my whole life is dictated through lyrics of songs. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Once he found himself opposite her home with a gun, but he didn't have the courage to shoot. Eventually, I, I can't. If I come up with something a little less personal, like acid. <laughs> Hey, she probably won't die this way. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a perfect idea. Eventually. You know how many of those batteries he had to drain? <laughs> he hired three men <laughs> to carry out a plot to maim her for life. That's horrible. On uh, June 15, 1959, Linda's mother answered the door at their apartment in the East Bronx and was told there was a delivery delivery for Linda. When Landshark. Linda, when, uh, Le- yeah, basically. <laughs> when Linda reached the door, the caller threw the chemical lie. Oh, it's lie. Ooh. Ooh. You make soap. That stuff will burn. You make it, like people make soap out of you know, lye yes, soap. Yes, I know it's terrible. to be real careful. Terrible though. acid. It's crazy. Anyway, threw lie in her face. She lost her hair and lost uh, her sight in one eye. Over time, she became completely blind. Linda knew Bert was behind the attack because she saw him standing behind the guy. No, no. She knew he was behind the attack. He told her in one of her love letters. I'm behind the attack. <laughs> I love you. My dearest Linda, I'll how be, I long to be with you. I'll be behind that attack. <laughs> <laughs> he was arrested, and so were his three accomplices, and was convicted in 1961. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison and let out after 14 for good behavior. Linda recovered from the attack, mostly, uh, and later traveled around Europe with friends. She had admirers and would, and no, would go. They, they told her it was Europe. It <laughs> yeah, was actually Baltimore. She was in Jersey. <laughs> She uh, had admirers. Look, look, the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) It's so beautiful. Move, lady. I'm trying to get through. (laughs) I just, they're so nice here. (laughs) She had admirers and would go dancing. She recalls, I had a marvelous time. I was no wallflower. I was a free agent. I dated and did what every young person does except see. (laughs) It doesn't say that. Oh, sorry. But beneath her dark glasses, Linda's eyes were disfigured, though her skin was unscathed. How'd that happen? I don't know. She they had, were good aim. She had no... He used a squirt gun. She had no serious boyfriends. They One were, man they wanted... They were all pranksters. Yeah, you know, we're actually... <laughs> We, we actually, we're, somebody's going to yell at us for being flippant about I'm this. Sorry. What's I'm wrong sorry. with us? We haven't been together in, in two or three weeks, it's and just, it's, we're giddy. It's entertainment. It's not good entertainment. It's just entertainment. Uh, she had no serious boyfriends. One man wanted to marry her, but she was nervous that he'd never seen her eyes. Well, he, she'd never seen his either. She, uh, <laughs> she met him one evening and wore... You okay. She met him one evening and wore glasses with clear lenses. It was the last time she heard from him. <laughs> it was devastating, she said. But you have to move on. It reminds me of those Benny Hill bits where he always had, like, the back of a woman. She looks so beautiful. Yeah, turn around around. The guy. <laughs> She's got those goofy teeth or something. Like, like you. No. What? She returned to New York after that. When Burke got out of jail in 1974, she was waiting. She was age 37. She was still pure. Yes. While in jail, Bert resumed sending Linda love letters. <laughs> Good grief. This guy just won't give up. He wrote things like, you will never find. You'll never find. <laughs> you will never find. That that acid was mine. <laughs> I was behind the attack. <laughs> I was standing right there, but you couldn't see me. He wrote things like, you'll never find a man to love you more than me and sign them your loving husband, Bert. This wow. guy's creepy. He's crazy. Yeah. In the documentary, be careful, easy, (laughs) easy. Okay, I'll I'll take this. I'll go lightly here. In the documentary, he describes prison as a dreadful. It's a dreadful. It it (laughs) is a a dreadful. (laughs) He described prison as dreadful. There were no windows. You could do things, but not much. And then (laughs) that's a good way to handle that. He transferred briefly to an asylum after he slashed his wrists. And would cry out, Linda, I love you. <laughs> Remember the the lonely guy, Steve Martin? Yes. Charles Grodin? Yeah. He was one of those guys on the rooftop. Yeah. Remember the guys all yelling for their That's wall? right. 
Okay, if you've never seen The Lonely Guy, you need to see it. He said, Linda, I love you. Linda, take me back. Look at Linda. Listen. Towards the end of his sentence, he asked his lawyer, Bill Bill, Cun- to call Linda. Kunstler. Kunstler. or I don't know. Kunstler. He asked his lawyer, Bill, to call Linda and find out if there were anything she needed. The request came, tell him I need money. Burt began sending Linda regular $50 installments. Now, I wait. he had a fat wallet. <laughs> What's, installments on what? I don't What's know. What's he buying? I don't know. On, on Burt's release in 1974, Linda was put under police protection. There was a general consensus among her friends that she was too vulnerable to stay husbandless. I never thought of myself as the marrying kind, Linda says. Besides, I thought I was damaged merchandise. Well, you are. But her friends... I mean, I mean, meaning her eyes aren't working. Her friends persuaded her to meet Bert. Hey, Bert. And after everything, she still seemed to... He still seemed to love her. After after he blinded her, stalked her, he still With loved her. With that fat wall, he could have bought her some new eyes. They married later that year in a storm of headlines. Blinded bride-to-be weds her attacker. Wow. It's hard to believe that Linda... <laughs> who passed away in 2013 at the age of 75, never stopped to consider why the man who blinded her did what he did. But she was always adamant that it hasn't crossed her mind and sounds surprised to be asked. I never gave it any thought. She said in her cigarette gravelly voice, I never gave it any thought. Look, precious. I don't I know never if thought Buck about loved it. me. I don't know. She sounded kind of like, uh, what's her, Nita Blackwood from MTV. Uh, I, I don't know if, if Bud loved me. I really never thought about it. What he does, what he did, doesn't sound like love to me, does it to you? I must have forgiven him. I've been with him thirty-four years. I don't know what people think. I don't care. She hisses out <laughs> smoke coolly. Uh, Linda, by her own admission, never had a high opinion of herself. Part this is tragic. It is sad. Partly because of her upbringing. I had a friend who lived across the street. Her family would gather round and admire how beautiful she was, how gorgeous she was, how smart. That never happened in my family. Growing up without a father, I'm sure it had an effect on the feelings I had about myself. A few years before her death, Linda grew to have a very strong sense of herself. She made herself up every day, though she can't see her face. (laughs) Friends could say, don't go out. Linda, please. No, no, you're good. Oh, it's going to be storming later. You don't want to go out. Look, we're in Paris, okay? Just relax. She's got lipstick on her forehead. (laughs) (laughs) She, She said... She said she liked the mystique of her dark glasses and knew how she knew how what they look like, and uh, knew her wardrobe inside out. She knew her she she knew her wardrobe was inside out. Why didn't someone tell her? That's kind of (laughs) cruel. All the guys in the bar nicknamed her Tag. Her Tag was always hanging out. Oh my goodness! She comes again. Was it go blind or something? Her wardrobe's inside out. Don't say anything. She said, I know what my blacks are, my reds, my blues. That's racist, by the way. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Where's my blacks? When I go shopping, I can touch something and know if it's got my name on it. Well, how many times do you do I go to the store and find something that's got Craig on it? There's certain shirts that have Braille on them. <laughs> yeah. She says she's difficult to live with. I'm a tough cookie. I'm opinionated. I'm determined that I ain't got no eyeballs. Did she ever tell Bert how hurt she was, how angry after the attack? No, once I decided I was going to marry him, that was something I'd never do. Uh, That would be so terribly unfair, you know, like throwing acid in somebody's face. But (laughs) I'm not a pushover. Let's put it that way. Now, while Linda was being interviewed for this article, Bert was out shopping for furniture polish, Greg. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Linda's mobile phone rang to a loud salsa tune. (laughs) She turned it to loudspeaker. I'm doing an interview. It's Bert, he says. Okay, just a second. Revitalizing oil, is that what you want? Yes, it's in a spray can. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's got something with it. I don't know what. A free duster. Do you want it? Absolutely. Uh, By the way, I could have taken my pants back. Pants? The pants to Macy's. I could have taken. Now, this is all going on this conversation during right. an interview. The pants to Macy's. I could have taken them back and gotten the brown outfit. But I'm talking. Goodbye. But goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, he'd have gone for 20 minutes. No, he would have gone, the- gone on for 20 minutes. Sorry about that. Bert does all the shopping because Linda- well, he's got to. <laughs> Linda, he sent her to the store to get some. Uh- That's why he was getting the polish. She came back with a can of 10W40. <laughs> Which actually works for a lot of 
Bert does all the shopping, but Linda herself, uh, but Linda calls herself. She's she's a German German housewife. These papers are all over his apartment, she says. I want to take a match and burn them. I I like it neat and clean, <laughs> but but I can't really tell anymore. <laughs> but everywhere I step, there's more papers and the clothes are everywhere. Papers? Do you have your papers? I hate it. Uh, part of the apartment was destroyed and rebuilt after an electrical fire that Bert started. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I just added probably. Um, Linda was at home alone and escaped by the skin of her teeth. She is sad she lost so many clothes and some of the artwork she did before she lost her sight completely 20 years ago, but won't move out. I love this place. It works for me, but it really doesn't feel like me anymore. I decorated the whole place when we first moved in. Are they rich? The pictures were upside down. Yeah, the crooked side. They're on like the toilet and like, you know, in the refrigerator, but... Are they rich? Bart would never tell you so, but yes. She says, we both grew up in the Depression. I literally had nothing growing up. When I go shopping now, I won't buy an item unless it's on sale. The truth is, I don't even have to look at the price tag. Of course you don't. That's a good thing. Yeah, really. We could live on Park Avenue if we wanted, but we don't. It's in our nature. We're victims of our upbringing. What are you going to do? We're happy here in Paris. Yes, right. It's plain that money, saving it and spending it, is central to their life. They don't have children. By the time we got married, I was 37. I think it was too late, said Linda. When crazy love opens at Cannes, the uh, we're seen swanning around, uh, swanning down the red carpet in matching white mink, signing autographs like Hollywood stars. Bert's bank balance must have been a factor in Linda's initial decision to marry him. Well, I'd call it, uh, I'd call it his education. She says, what I'm saying is if he was just a lift operator or a taxi driver, that wouldn't have turned me on. So, you know, okay, no, Linda, what does that mean? <laughs> we don't I'm know. not trying to deny that money played a part in my thinking. I ju- I was never interested in forming a union with someone who would not be a good provider. Has it made me happy? Sure. When we're not fighting, we're happy. (laughs) (laughs) This somewhat materialistic view of their marriage is also shared by Bert, though he puts it more romantically. I can see how she acted for money. Sure. Everything we do has money motivated elements. But I believe she loved me to begin with, and she loved me when we got married, too. She had confidence in my ability to provide for her, and I did. He provided blindness for her. I know that. Well, he blinded her with science. In retrospect, the $50 payments Bert sent her from prison smack of bribery, though he denies anything of the sort. It was the right thing to do, just like taking care of her now is the right thing to do. And if she hadn't come back to me, I'd have continued to take care of her in that way. Where is that fat wallet? Yeah. Though they reportedly earned a $50,000 fee for the documentary Crazy Love, Bert and Linda seemed reluctant to publicize it when uh, when when the... When, when I they called. called to interview them, <laughs> the fee was a one-off with no royalties. There is considerable bad blood over the fact that it never went to Hollywood. In his thick Bronx accent, Bert said that he wouldn't speak unless he was paid. Listen, he said, uh, "I got to do. I, I can't do a Bronx." Uh, Nobody said I could either. Yeah, I won't see a further penny from this thing. If you want to compensate us for it, we'll do it. Eventually, he agreed to interview interviews on condition that uh, his new project was mentioned, an upcoming television series called Greed in the Courts about uh, what he described as organized crime in the American judicial system. You know, that sounds interesting. I might actually watch that one. This is an axe Bert likes to grind. He thinks his attack on Linda was an act of insanity brought on by the pressure of the ridiculous court summons for illegal practices at his firm in the 1950s. He lost his law license in 1960 when he was convicted of the assault. Ever with that fat wallet. Ever since he no, he got they let him keep the fat wallet. Yeah. Ever since he left prison, he has worked as a paralegal advisor based in the apartment in Queens that he and Linda have shared since their honeymoon. He says uh, he has all sorts of documents proving incompetence and corruption in the courts. In New York, lawyers come behind to use car salesmen's. Use car salesmen for reliability. They're crooks, thieves. They betray their kind. Why uh, would it be any different when they become judges? Being a lawyer by trade doesn't doesn't that make him crooked too? No, some of us walk the line. He says, but he has been less than reliable as a husband. I've cheated on Linda. 
he says, but I wouldn't be the first man to cheat. So that makes it okay. Right. <laughs> Linda repeats this like a soundbite. Bert cheated, but he's a man. That's what men do. <laughs> does, news Linda to me. know, does Linda know how many times? I don't even know how many times. Uh, oh, that was Bert. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even know how many times Bert chortles. Chortles. I don't even chortles. know how many times. Uh, no, I'm not proud of it. Some people drink. Some people do drugs. This is what I did. Hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> what do you want me to do? I, lie to but you? I also clipped coupons, so it yeah. equals out. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? It does. And I threw acid in my wife's face. So, I mean, I was behind the guy that did it. So, uh, he made Linda his property, robbed her of her sight, and thereby largely her freedom. All the while, he was free to conduct affairs at will. Bert uh, also passed away in 2013 at the age of 92. So, they both died in the same year. Yeah. He was being interviewed for this article when he died. No, I was kidding. No. <laughs> uh, no uh, for this article, his old flirty self was still evidence uh, he was initially hard-nosed, but soon lapsed into semi-flirtation. He asked me how old I am, whether I'm married. At my age, he tells me he'd be going on two dates per night. He tells me uh, he was once kicked out of a London hotel for bringing a different woman back each night. I was always a good-looking guy. I still have women come up to me. Not often. I'm 81. <laughs> hey, you know, but they do. I don't respond anymore. It isn't out of choice. It's just I got old. The uh, notorious New York columnist Jimmy Breslin, who covered the saga in the 1960s and the 70s, once described Bert as a hard man to dislike. Uh, he is funny, often self-deprecating, um, and honest about his mistakes. Is he sorry for what he did to Linda? Every single day. I destroyed my life because I destroyed hers. But what about the cheating? Didn't Linda feel he owed her loyalty as well as financial security? Eh, again, she is incredulous. And, and she said, I don't see the loyalty in that respect. Quite honestly, it's all a bunch of junk. He was on the front page of every newspaper. He didn't kill anyone. He was having an affair. Let's face it. Every man does this. That's not true. That, where does she? I don't. <laughs> that, was that there something I wasn't me. told? <laughs> he, he never even stalked Evangeline. Evangeline Borga is the Filipino secretary Bert was arrested for harassing and uh, was later tried and acquitted. What was what always killed me about this big affair, said Linda, was that uh, she must have been a moron to put up with it. He, <laughs> says, says you he, come find fine thing coming from her, right? He left the house after dinner. Yeah. She never even got any acid. <laughs> that's right. He left when he, he said he wanted to drop acid, I did not know that's what he meant. He left the house after dinner at 7 p.m. and was home every night by 930. Two hours a day. Uh, you got to treat a girl better than that. I wouldn't have gone for it. I point out, or the author of this article pointed out that she uh, did go for Bert after he stalked her, Ebert. threatened her, Ebert. blinded her, and cheated on her. Well, uh, if I'd put it together like I just thought about it that way, maybe I'm not that smart either. But quite clearly, Linda is very smart. She's made herself comfor a comfortable life with Bert and rules the roost, too. She says, between you and me and the lamppost, I don't say much good about Bert usually. The man's brilliant. <laughs> the lamppost was quoted as saying, that's right. <laughs> I've gotten calls from people all over the country telling me how wonderful and brave I am. But really, I'm very average. Bert couldn't make the kind of living he does if he wasn't superior. And had a fat wallet. He, what he's doing with me is still a mystery to me. Linda's odd mixture of self-deprecation and pride at having snagged Bert Park is Pugach. Is that we're going to say? Is uh, I don't know. The riddle at the heart of crazy love. At one point, she mentions getting her own back in marrying Bert, as if putting up with her demands is some kind of punishment she inflicted on him. But as they both declare after 34 years of marriage, they must be doing something right. Perhaps they are genuinely happy together. Perhaps it's an arrangement that, like their fire damaged apartment or her sizzled out burned fleshy eyes. Gross. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just reading what it said. No, you're not. Oh, sorry. It just works for them. Uh, and when it burnt down, they rebuilt it. Except for her eyes. They couldn't actually do that. Top 10's back. All right, time for the top 10. The Mark Patch top 10. Top 10 most overrated blockbuster movies of all time. Yes. Number 10. Shakespeare in Love. Never saw it. I didn't either. Uh, number 9. Top 10 most overrated blockbuster movies of all time. The Lion King. Number 8. Avengers Endgame. I don't think that's overrated at all. 
Did you not? I loved Endgame. I liked it, too. I didn't like The Lion King. I never saw... I never watched the live action. Well, not live action. The computer generated live action-ish. The no, new, I never. The, I definitely didn't see it. I think one. they're refer, Are they referring to the original? The original, yeah, as being overrated. Oh, I enjoyed the original. Well, of course you did. Okay. The top, oh, number. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Top ten most overrated blockbuster movies of all time. Number seven, Frozen. I enjoyed it when I first saw it. Um, <laughs> I've never seen it. Uh, it's a kids' movie. Yeah, I know. That's why I've never seen number it. Number six, horrible movie. <laughs> horrible movie. Gravity. Was that the one with... Uh, 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 what's her face? Uh, Sandra Bullock? Yeah, Sandra Bullock and... Uh, and <laughs> what's his face? Uh, yeah. I liked it. George. Yeah, uh, George what? Foreman. No, <laughs> it was George Foreman and... Uh, uh, Nina Blackwood. It was, it was Nina, George Kennedy <laughs> and Linda Hunt. They were like in space... Number five of the top ten most overrated blockbuster movies of all time. I like this one, too. The Black Panther. I thought that was a fantastic movie. Now, number four, uh, Transformers. I think think it was enjoyable because the tech was there and it was cool effects, but it really was overrated. Uh, Number three, top ten most overrated blockbuster movies. Avatar. Avatar. I never saw it. Is pretty to watch. You should watch it here in 3D. I've got it in 3D. It looks great in 3D. Maybe I will. But it's not... I mean, there's a lot of dumb things about that movie. Uh, and he's got two movies in this list, or maybe more, but at least two at the top here. Uh, number two, I kind of wanted to see this, but I never did. Uh, La La Land. I don't even know what that's about. Is that about your dog? Yeah. Okay. La La Land. Uh, number one, I completely agree with. I enjoyed it when I saw oh it. Oh, my gosh. In the theater, I thought it was a joke. Well, because at the end, I mean, come on. Like, how many places were there for him to sit on the ice with her? She let him drown. Number one. She's the villain of the movie. Most overrated blockbuster of all time, the Titanic. No, just Titanic. It's just Titanic. Just, no, it's no, Titanic. no, it's just Titanic. It's Titanic. There's no Kathy Titanic. Bates. What? Ooh, Kathy. I just, well, speaking of Kathy Bates, I just watched uh, Misery again recently. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. a good movie. Yeah, it was good. It's not overrated. No, Mr. Man. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 301. If you enjoyed it, leave us a review or please tell your friends. Or don't. Yeah. Let us know on Facebook if you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with another episode. We Stay hope. tuned. Hey, we, pops. We certainly hope we are. Anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We may be back. We may not. <laughs> not because we don't want to be back. That's a whole other issue. No, wait. What? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get letters. Who's behind this attack? We're gonna get letters. We might. You know what happened when we discussed uh, Jesus, Elvis, whatever the guy's name was? Oh, the guy that came to pizza. Yes. That was a great story. His cousin was not happy. No, it was not happy. We apologized. It was a funny circumstance, though. All right, we're out of here. Peace. Bye. Back up, you creep.